Hallelujah. Aren't you excited about that? Yes. yes. We, are. we are learning about Father. After our second, we'll tell you about Father. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. We believe in God who is so real. Yes. God is so real. Amen. And the love of God is no idea what a measure of the love of God that has been God has lived all eternity with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. All eternity. You can't count. You can't put numbers on them. He's lived there in all eternity. And the time has come and said, look, I want compassion. So I will make man in my own image. And they will come and live in my kingdom. They will live on my planet. And I will share the rest of eternity. Praise God. Hallelujah.
Turn your Bible with me to John chapter 16, the verse 33. When you read a series of scriptures, then we carry on. John chapter 16, verse 33. And it says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. Turn to first John chapter 4. The verse 4. We're going to read a few passages from first John. First John chapter 4. The verse 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome death. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Praise God. Same 1st John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory which has overcome the world. Our faith. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Is the victory that has overcome the world, the very place which you and I profess. And in verse 5, you say, Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. 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 The first passage tells us that Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. The problems and the difficulties and the challenges, the death and sickness and everything as a package in the world, Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Then the following verses that we have read in 1 John also tell us that you and I have overcome the world. Because Jesus Christ has overcome the world, and Jesus Christ, who is in us, is greater than He that is in the world. Amen. Amen. Do we know who is in the world? Who is in the world that they're talking about? Is that your next door neighbor? No. But the devil that is in the world. So He that is in us is greater than He, the adversary, the enemy that is in the world. And so we have overcome. And that is the reality of eternal truth. There is something that is called eternal truth. It means it is established truth. It is the word of God that comes from the mouth of God and it is alive. It is truth. It has been stubborn, so it has not changed. No matter what the reality to us may be. Our reality may be different from the reality of God and from the truth of God. And the truth is that we are overcomers. That's what we're going to look a little bit of today. So how can it be when we read John chapter 16, the verse 
that we read, chapter 3 says, Jesus has overcome the world. And the subsequent verses, which are the um, 1 John 4, 4, and 1 John 5, 4, and 1 John 5, 5, say, we are overcomers. Yet we live in a world which does not present the reality of overcomers into our nature. We live in a world that is full of problems. We live in a world that is full of difficulties. We live in a world that is full of challenges. And the world is burdened, is full of problems such, to such a extent that sometimes many Christians feel as if we are overwhelmed. Not as if we feel overwhelmed by the enormous problems that we go through in our world. If we are overcoming, how come or how is that possible? We struggle to understand this reality. I don't know about you, but it's a puzzle. God is truth. God doesn't tell the truth. He is truth. So everything that he has said is true. And his word doesn't change. And here God says, you are overcomers. Again, we don't see overcoming situations in our lives. Some people go without job. Some people are afflicted with sicknesses. Some people are stricken by poverty. Some people are challenged, go through broken marriages and all types of things. Pain. For some people, all the things they have experienced in their lives are pains and tears and cries and bitterness and anger and all those things. And yet, if you are the believer, the Bible says you are an overcomer. So how do we reconcile that? How does that make sense? Well, I want to present to you a simple analogy about what the revelation of God concerning our overcoming status is. To understand this properly, let us look at this. We look at it like a football game, right? It's a football game. And you have the best team in the whole world playing a match with the worst team in the whole world. Now the match has started. And before the halftime, the best team has called Hundred goals. They have scored hundred goals because they are the best team in the world, and these are the worst team in the world. And yet, the best team is still in control of the ball. They are playing soccer. All that they do is to give it to this one. Another one will give it to the other. Another one will give it to this one. And the worst team are running all over the place without even touching the ball. And so the best team is just going and kicking the ball. Before the halftime, they have scored 100 goals. So what chance do you think that the West team will come and beat them and win and become what? Winners. It will be possible. Because to begin with, they can't even touch the ball. They're just running about. They are losers. But the fact is that the ball the football game is scheduled for 90 minutes. And until the end of the time, the worst game will not stop. I mean, the worst team will not stop. And the best team will not stop. So the two of them will continue to be on the pitch. The football player, they will be on it. Now the worst team knows that they are losers. So they are no longer targeting the ball. They are targeting the players. So what do we do? Let's keep them. 
Let's hit them. Let's punch them. Let's slap them. That's exactly what is going on. They know they are losers. And the best thing is that they are winners. So even though they are winners, they cannot just go and leave the pitch without waiting for the end to come. That is some sort of thing that is happening in the union. Give a clap of it to you. And so we are the best thing in Christians. And the evil spirit and the demons are the worst thing. We have already scored the goal. Victory belongs to Jesus. And I said, we know the position that we stand in. But there is a time flame that the Father has set for himself. And we are all in the pitch together. And so until the time arrives, the football game will not stop. One thing you need to understand is that God is not looking around and searching for demons and Satan to find where they are. Demons is not the There's an agreement between God and Satan about what is happening in our world. There's nothing new. God is not surprised of anything that is happening. Satan seeks permission from God to do whatever he does. He said to Jesus, all these things have been handed to me. They don't belong to him. They were handed to him by God. Until such time, they would be accountable for everything that were handed to him. Just like in the case of Job, when he went to God and challenged God's testimony about Job, God was saying some good things about Job and said, Job said God for nothing. Is it not because you have hedged him with your protection and blessing? So there is an agreement between Satan and God. So God is not going to kill Satan because of him. Because of him. There is a time that is set. Those eternal mysteries are beyond our human understanding. So all that we need to understand is that we are part of the game that we are overcomers. Praise the Lord. Oh, yes. The first thing we need to understand is that the world Christians, as Christians, there is something that we need to mark in our minds. There are two things that we need to know in order for us to remain overcomers. The first thing we need to understand is that we live in a world that is full of problems. Our world, we talk about this thing, there are preachers, the series on them, what is this, warfare for about six months and years. It took us about six months to talk about warfare, right? And so we live in a world that is full of problems. We are constantly in warfare with the enemy of our soul. Turn to Peter. First Peter chapter 1, verse 8 to 11. First Peter chapter 1, from the verse 8 to 11. I'm sure everyone carries the virus. Be sober. If you are there, I'm looking for my kingdoms. My name is James Version. Your own translation is a different words. He said, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, 
The devil walks about like a rolling lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9. Resisting steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen and amen. 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 So the Bible tells us here and says, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because life is war. From cradle to grave, that is from the day you were born to the day you die. Life is war. It doesn't stop. There is no break. There is no exit. It is not like being on a bus and you say, driver, stop, stop, stop the world. I want to exit now. Some people do it. I committed suicide and taking on their lives. But that is sad. They are overcome by the enemy. So life continues as a war. Life is a battle. From cradle to grave, from the day you were born to the day you die, we continue to fight invisible battles. We cannot see the battle in the physical realm. We cannot see them with our eyes. We cannot touch them with our hearts. But we experience them by the situations that we go through, by the challenges that we face, by the problems that we encounter in our daily lives. All these are the war that we are fighting. And so the first Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 11 says, Be sober. Sober means be calm. Be calm. Don't flex about. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Be calm. Know what you're doing. Know where you are. And then be vigilant. Be aware. Be alert, be wise, know what you are doing. Understand the place you are, you are on a battleground. So be vigilant. Pray, fast, read the Bible, come to church, join the fellowship. Be vigilant because this is where your strength is. You say, why? Because your adversary, whether we know it or not, we have an adversary. It doesn't say their adversary, it says your adversary. It means our enemy, the devil, he is roaming about to and fro. He is going from one end of the earth to another place. And not only him, with his demons that they have released, the devil walks about like a roaming lion. Looking for someone to destroy. But the truth is that it is not a lie. He said he's rolling like a lion. The real lion is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Praise. So the devil is not a real lion. He has been stripped of, of his isolation. So he walks around with fear 
and deception and intimidation, these are the weapons that you use. That's why he said, be sober. Don't fret around. Don't let fear grip you. Don't let anything take away your steadiness and your focus on God. Be sober. Be calm. Relax. Depend on God. Rely on God. Put God first. Be vigilant. Be aware of what is happening in our world. Be aware of what is happening in your family. Be aware of the things that the devil speaks into your mind. Be aware of how he plays with our conscience. Be aware of all those things that are going on. Be vigilant. Because our adversary, the devil, walks about like a rolling lion, seeking who he may destroy. And the verse 9 arms us. It equips us, it puts us in the forefront of the warfare. It says, resist him, stop him, refuse him, shut the door against him, don't let him come in, don't be afraid, don't be intimidated with him, resist him. Don't do that only when you come to Jesus. Don't do that only in the mind. It says, resist him steadfast. Steadfastly on and on and on. Continue to resist it. You wake up and you feel headache, resist the headache. If you feel heartache, resist the pain. If you feel trouble, resist the trouble. If you feel fear, resist the fear. All these are the weapons. If there's a trouble going on in your home, among your wife, your children, your husband, your child, your members, resist him steadfastly. Rebuke him. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. By the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I rebuke you and I resist you in the name of Jesus. You should know your stand to be vigilant and steadfast in the faith. Not step out on yourself. Not step out in any other thing. Not step out by looking. Say, be steadfast in the faith. Knowing that. As you are steadfast, you have to understand that this is a global thing. They say, knowing that the same sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood in the world. It is a global thing. It is a universal thing. Your pastor cannot bear your problems. You have to carry on your own cross. If facing this own problem, that means we don't intercede, we don't pray. But it is empowering us as individuals. Resist him. Steadfastly. Your brother cannot help you. Your husband cannot help you. Your father, your children cannot help you. We are all in it together. It's a global thing, knowing that the same suffering each and everyone is facing their own challenges. The battle is on, but we are being attacked and approached in different ways. So resisting steadfastly, knowing that the same thing is going on in the whole world. By your brotherhood, bend the ten, bend may the God of all grace call us to this eternal. Praise God. That is where the secret is. God has called us into his eternal glory. Eternal glory. Eternal glory. Somebody say eternal glory. Can I hear again? Eternal glory. We are facing challenges of a short time on the planet Earth. Our lives are very short. 
Our lives are very short. If you live up to 100, my grace. And even up to 100, you will feel it in your bone. Sometimes you will prefer death because sin has already deformed the physical body. So we are here for a short time. That is why we need to be vigilant and understand and be sober because our life is short. And everything that we do here will be realized. We will see the results in the eternal glory. So God has called us into his eternal glory where he will have fellowship and enjoyment and happiness. When we talk about glory, we are talking glory represents two things. God himself is a glorious God. The being of God is glorious God. That is why glory is found. You cannot look at God. You see, he lives in inapproachable life. You cannot look at God and still live unless you are transformed into that realm. And he gives you the grace that those in that realm can perceive God. So the being of God himself is a glorious God. Beauty is underestimation. The glory of God goes beyond the word beauty that not describe the glory that the Bible refers to here. And the second one, the glory of God is the creation of God. Look at the thing that God created. You can use beauty to describe that. Beautiful creations, the universe, the earth, the moon, the sky, the sea, the flower, the bee, the animals, everything God has created is glorious. And so God has called us into this glorious kingdom. Whereby when the time comes, all the things that we are experiencing here will be the thing of the past. Because God has created a place where he will restrict Satan for the rest of eternity. Only one small place. And the rest of eternity will be there for the children of God to enjoy for the rest of eternity. That is where God is called human There will be the planet Earth where we can live together with God. All this happened by Christ Jesus. And so the verse that says that after you have suffered a while, the Bible is not disillusioned of our suffering. The Bible is not deceiving us that we will not suffer. The Bible is not telling us lies. It is plain and written in the plain language here. That after you have suffered a while, the suffering will perfect us. The suffering will establish us. The suffering will strengthen us. It says, after you have suffered a while, the perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And that is why the challenges that we go through is good us. It purifies us. It makes us wonderful in the eyes of God. We can stand and hold on to our faith. And that is what it means to understand that the name of the world that is full of God. So that is the first thing we need to understand. That is the world is full of what? War. We have the right of God. And the second thing we need to understand is that we are overcomers. We are overcomers. Jesus did not need to come and overcome the devil. He didn't need to do that. He did that for you and I. 
The devil was thrown out of heaven. And so when he was thrown out of heaven, heaven was peaceful. He couldn't go back to there again. But because God created the earth and gave us Eve, and we have to live here until the set time to the end of the world, Jesus has to come and demonstrate it to us and live a life. It says, since the children partook flesh and blood, he himself became like them, so that he will understand, so that he will become like them. In all aspects, he will be like his brethren. Because we have taken on, God has made us flesh and blood to live in this world. Jesus himself became like us to show us the way, the truth, and the life. So he came and lived in our world. And in Matthew 28, the verse 18, after he has laid his life on the planet Earth and died and rose again, he appeared to the disciples. And he said, Matthew 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven. All authority. So the authority that was given to Satan, you see, I have a revelation of what happened. You can't trace it vividly in the scriptures. But that is what your spirit touch you when you read in line with the spirit of God. When Satan sinned in heaven, three judgments were given to him. Right? The first judgment was to cast him away from heaven. That we can trace it from the church. And the second judgment was for God to take away his nature of Satan. Because when God created Satan, he was the bright morning star. He was an angel, appearance like angels and like God himself. But when he sinned against God, God had to take that nature away from him. So he became ugly and scary and monster and demon. Wow. <laughs> That's why whenever you see that somebody draws Satan, he's so scared. Because God took away his nature. Then the third judgment would be to cast it into the lake of fire. So the first one has been done, he was cast out of heaven. The second one has been done, the nature of God has been taken away from him. That is why the Bible says even Satan can pretend to be an angel of life. He can only pretend, but he can never remain in that state. Because that state has been taken away right and so when jesus came to the world and lived here and died and rose again he took all the power and said all authority all power and authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me praise him Hallelujah. and so but before then before he died in john chapter uh the one we will pray that again john chapter 16 verse 33 he said this is i have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be a good judge, I have overcome the world. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the tribulation is an ongoing thing. The tribulation 
is the suffering and the pain and the difficulties and the challenges that we are going through in our world. But we have to face these difficulties and challenges not by our own strength, not by our own might, but we face it with the understanding that Jesus Christ has overcome them. So be of good cheer, be happy, whatever you are going through, be excited, be sober, be vigilant, you know, lean on God and trust on God and put your trust in so he said, in the world, you will have all these problems. You will have all these difficulties. But in me, you will have peace. So if you take Jesus from the equation, what you have left is tribulation. But if you add Jesus on the tribulation, the answer equals to peace. Because in me, you will have peace. But in the world, you will have tribulation. But we are overcomers. Praise God. We are overcomers. And so whatever the situation may be, we have to put on this faith and understanding that we are overcomers. And nothing can change that fact. I'll take you to Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Down to the end. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What then shall we say to this thing? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but deliver him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's a question mark. It is God who justifies us. Who is she who condemns? That's a question. It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us? God continue to intercede for you. Say amen. 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 Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress? or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sorrow. These are the things that we face in our life today. These are the challenges that we face. These are the difficulties of the world that we are facing. And we can break this one and expand it to cover all the different challenges that you and I go through. So who shall separate us from Christ? Tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, peril, sword. Verse 36 says, For us it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Because of the God that we believe, because of Jesus Christ, whom we follow, we are killed all day long. Because we are on the battlefield. The enemy is fighting. But he has lost the battle. Amen. Amen. And the verse 37 says, Yet, yet, in all these things, in all the pains, in all the sufferings, in all the joblessness, in all the sicknesses, in all the emotional pain, in all the distress, in all the depression, in every circumstance that you go through, yet in all these things, we are more than Christ. Praise. 
Hallelujah. We are not conquerors. We are not conquerors. We are more than conquerors. So that means there is a position that the conqueror is below, but there's no word to describe that position. Conquerors only conquer and go. But we are not just conquerors. We conquer with star. Amen. So we are more than conquerors. Amen. And so the situation that we are going through, the tribulations and the suffering and the nakedness and the persecution and famine and all the so that every challenge that you are going through cannot stop you from being the lover of God. Amen. And in all those situations, for our information, we are more than conquerors. We have already scored 100 goals. Yes. Praise. Hallelujah. And the enemy is now walking about endlessly. Hmm. I remember some years ago when I was at theology college, we had a football team, right? And we were playing football one day. And one of the guys came to me and he said, Jacob, You've given me all this space and I don't even know what to do. He says, excuse me, what are you talking about? You know, I'm a lefty, so I'm playing with my head. He said, you were supposed to be there, tackling me and stopping me. But every now I see you here and I see you there. <laughs> You're just roaming about. And I get the ball, I don't even know what to do. I get it. I was like, this boy, are you me? How <laughs> <laughs> was the reality? I didn't know my task on the field. I was just roaming about everywhere. I just want to follow the football and kick football. So you're giving me all the chance to score. That's how some of us are still doing it. But we don't need to do that. Hallelujah. We, have, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Amen. It is the love of Jesus Christ that makes us conquerors. Amen. Not the hard work. Not our academic credential, not how much money we have in bank, not who we think we are, not our background, not anything else, but the love of Jesus Christ is the one, the thing that has made us what? Conquerors. And so the verse 38 says, For I am persuaded, I am not aware. I am convinced, I attached to say, For I am persuaded, I am convinced, I am fully assured. That neither death, not even death, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things that are present, nor things that are to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. There is absolutely nothing. He said, I am persuaded. I am convinced. That is the overcomer's mindset. That is the overcomer's mentality. You have to be fully convinced. You have to be fully persuaded. You have to be fully assured. You have to be fully aware that whatever the challenges may be, you are persuaded that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And beside that, we are being, we have been equipped with the word of authority. Remember, it is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And He has equipped us and given us the word of authority. He has given us the stamp. And He said, Resist Him, resist Him, resist Him, step 
So he did not access to resist him only once, and the rest gave him the chance to pull him out. He said, resist him steadfastly, whatever the situation may be, whatever you encounter, resist him. Tell him to shut up. Refuse to. The devil is a liar. The devil is defeated. Tell Satan you are a liar. This situation will not happen the way you look at it. We have to have a tough skin. We have to have a resilient spirit. We have to believe it. Believe the word of God. I know that we are overcomers. As it's about time we stood up in the presence of situation and said, no, contrary to what the physical situation is saying, no to that. Because the eternal word is completely different, opposite of what we are seeing. It's about time we leave this and put it in practice. We need to have overcomers mentality, overcomers mindset. To say no, to know who we are, to know where we tread, and to know our weapons. Because by the end of the day, Understanding that we will not be victims to the 
enemies who have already been defeated. In Jesus' name, Lord, we cannot thank you. The Bible says you have allowed us to go through all this to perfect us, to strengthen us, so that we can enter into your glorious heaven that you have prepared for us. And not only that, but you are with us and we are overcomers and you continue to lead us in your power. The Lord, we surrender unto you. Our weaknesses, our shortcomings, Everything and anything that belittles us and stops us from being what you want us to be. Move them away and you will encourage Tread the power of yourself. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.